Fifty States of Terror may include descriptions and discussions unsuitable for young audiences. Episodes may contain adult themes, language, and content. Listener discretion is advised. This is Hawaii. The Iliaholo Ika Uaua. The dog who runs to the sea. Hello, and welcome back to... 50 States of Terror. We hope you had a great Christmas. We hope you had a great holiday, whatever that may be that you celebrate. We hope you had a happy new year. You survived with all your fingers intact. There were so many fireworks this year. Yeah, it was funny is that we can't pop fireworks next to our house. We have to go somewhere else within the city to fire them. And we were like popping fireworks like five feet from our faces. It was like, well, this is, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we had to get out. of. We actually had to get like right outside of the city limits, but it was like in the county. And it was crazy, like driving around, like all these fireworks are going off. But I'm honestly pretty excited. There were so many fireworks, which meant people were not out at the bars. People were not out drinking. People were not out being too close to each other. This is like more of a socially distant holiday because we're right in the throes of another wave of bullshit. Yeah. A wave of horrible bullshit. Which on that note... My arm hurts a lot because I just got my booster shot. Boosted. I am boosted. I already did mine. And I'm caffeinated and I am ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) I stole your sound. Okay. So today we are in Hawaii. So aloha. Man, I wish I was. (laughs) I don't know. The bugs there could be their own cryptid. Have you seen the bugs in Hawaii? Yeah, I was there for a couple of days on our way to uh, Japan. So we had a layover in, in um, Hawaii. I, I want to say it was Big Island, but I can't really remember. But uh, the we were outside of the airport, and I don't remember a whole lot of like the insects. All I remember is just those that beach was just amazing. I just remember watching um, it was like the Travel Channel or like the DIY home. What is that HGTV as a kid? And there were people who were like, I want to live in Hawaii. And then they were looking at houses and the centipedes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like just these big stick bug things. They're like mutated. It is like a tiny Australia in the United States. Like They're humongous. I usually say that Texas is the Australia of the United States, but it really might be Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a an old radio tower and there's this, uh, supposedly this big ass insect that's, uh, that, that's made its home now. Just... No one is allowed up there. And I, I saw pictures and videos of it. And, Wait, and so this is a real thing? It's a real thing, yeah. But like, I no one has seen, no one's taken a picture of it, but it's, it's supposed to be this mutated centipede, millipede with with like a, a beetle wings or some shit. And, and it's, it's gnarly. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe we should have covered that then. But, no, but I, don't, I don't know if it's, if it's true because I think it's just a story to keep people away from that place. Oh, that sounds familiar from some of our other themes. Yeah. It was an old uh, government facility that, that uh, is just completely run down. Oh, and- yeah. It's definitely fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into our crypto that we are going to cover. So we are covering Ilioholo Ika Ua Ua which is what the Polynesian settlers named it. And it means the dog that runs into the sea. And it is named that because it literally looks like a dog running into the water or like galumphing into the water. Yeah. Um, And so basically this is a very large 
seal. Yes. And we're going to go into what it looks like. There's not a whole lot of sightings before um, that I could really find before like the 1900s. 1900s, right? Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna touch on some of like the deep deep history here in a little bit. But Anthony, could you describe what the Ilioholo Ika Uaua looks like? So it has a dark gray uh, backside with a lighter gray underbelly. It has a, a definite seal like uh, cuteness around it. There is a black orb's eyes, and it has the uh, whiskers, and it is roughly around 300 to 400 pounds, and it is uh, six to seven feet in length. That's pretty big. Yeah, considering most seals, this is a very uh, large seal. I think I growing up, I didn't really realize the difference between seal and sea lion, so I always picture like sea lions, which are smaller and like more sleek and have those little pointy ears like Andre. Did you ever watch Andre? No. It's the cutest movie, but seals are, are much, much larger than sea lions, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. So I'm just trying to picture like how big, like what would this thing look like in our living room? Very big. Pretty damn big. Fat and big. <laughs> there are very few documented sightings of the Ilioholo Ika Ua Ua. When the first settlers came from Europe, this is already a story that was being told. Um, the very first person from Europe to come to Hawaii as a settler was Captain James Cook. And he arrived, I believe it was 1787. So these are things that he probably would have heard of. We have other small documentations here and there in captain's logs saying that they saw these things out on the water or up on the shore. Just, you know, pretty normal seal behavior. Yeah, you're right, because all this is told through uh, just sea, sea stories and people who are going on to port and they tell stories about what they saw. This is exactly what they are talking about. I think the thing that made this really enchanting for people to tell was just like the sheer size of the thing. Like they were very, very large. And also as you're getting like European settlers coming over, we have other cryptids that are similar so I know that there is there was like a Danish settlement of Zealand and they had what was called a sea bishop, which later we think is something else. But overall description is actually pretty similar. The way that the head is shaped, the length of the body, the approximate size. So we have other cryptids that are kind of ticking all those boxes. So as they're coming over, they have their preconceived notions of what it may or may not be. And they're applying it to what they're experiencing. So I think that's really the majority of what we could we could find in our research. Yeah, that's that's pretty much pretty much the majority of it. Okay, well, do you want to go ahead and rate our cryptid? Yeah, we can go ahead and rate our cryptid uh, one out of five golden messies. Uh, I am going to give it a one out of five. A one out of five. Yeah. And why just a one out of five? Uh, because it's just kind of a, a, uh, well, <clears throat> a boring thing to, to, to see, blah, blah, blah. I agree. I was going to go like more in like the two just for like overall seal cuteness, but there was nothing terrifying. There was no like real interaction that was happening in the folklore. It wasn't really like connecting with anything. So yeah, that's a. Total of three out of ten for the Ilioholo Ika Ua Ua. 
Womp womp. <laughs> but the real reason why is because... It's not a cryptid at all. It's an actual animal. So the Iliohola Ikaua'ua is actually called the Hawaiian monk seal. And it was confirmed to exist in the late 1800s and was officially named in 1905. And honestly, I'm really excited that we finally have one that is a real animal. Yeah, so I changed my answer from a one to five to five to five. Yeah, definitely like fives across the board. Even the Russian judges, full, full scores all the way. We wanted to cover this one because it was one of the first ones that we found that was marked as a previous cryptid. Right. So it was proven to exist. So there were stories and there were rumors and there were all these tales that were happening about this large seal that was there, but we didn't have confirmation. And I think there may be something to said where the Polynesian population there, they it was it was already a thing to them, but it wasn't registered with the scientific community of the Western world. So it was not considered real. Yeah, which is a little, you know, screwed up when you think about it, you know, the bureaucracy of of well i don't know if, if it so <laughs> it's not real yeah so we're not going to dwell on that too long but that's where the official rating and the ranking of this specific animal comes from so we're going to go a little over the timeline of hawaii and of the monk seal just to kind of give you an overall picture so in the years 300 to 600 a.d polynesian settlers made their home on the islands of hawaii So at this point, they are all across the islands. There are little villages here and there. Predominantly, we're going to be focusing on Northwest Hawaii. That's where we see the majority of these seals. So like I said, the first European settlers made their way to the islands in 1778. I stand corrected because I believe I said 1787 earlier. And that was the Captain James Cook. Yeah, and later in the years, in the 1800s, they brought seal hunters within the area and they decimated the population they were coming in and getting them for their blubber they were just ripping them apart and seals are known for being like extremely docile 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 well yeah docile docile Ooh, which one's fancier i won't be a bougie bitch docile docile so they're known for being extremely docile people were straight up walking to them on the beach and just clubbing them and then harvesting what they wanted and leaving the remains. Yeah, because uh, seals' major predators are going to be in water-based. So uh, I think, evolutionary speaking, when they are on the beaches, they had really nothing to worry about. So they didn't really consider humans as a threat. And little behold, we are assholes. We are the worst. In 1857, King Kamehameha IV visited the northwestern Hawaiian Islands, And an excerpt from the ship log states, at 10 a.m. went ashore. About a dozen seals were on the shore. This is one of the most well-known documented accounts of seeing a group of the seals all together on the shore. And it's just fun to say King Kamehameha. I'm just saying. Yeah, 100%. I made a Dragon Ball joke. I know, you're just saying. I'm just super saying. Okay, well, (gasps) I'm going to give myself a little air tick there so the hawaiian monk seal has other relatives in the sea but there are only three species in the world of monk seal there's the hawaiian there's the caribbean and there's the mediterranean now unfortunately the caribbean or caribbean 
monk seal has been designated as extinct. The last official sightings were in the 1950s. And while it's possible there still could be a couple stragglers, they usually don't grow to be more than 30 years old, and there have been no formal documented sightings since then. Their population decline started with one of my least favorite people in the world, Christopher Columbus. So when he sailed the ocean blue and landed in the wrong part of the world, the seals were everywhere. They were on the beaches, and similarly to how the Hawaiian seals were declining because people were after their blubber and their meat, they were just going out and killing a hundred at night and we're just knocking them in the head, taking the cubs, knocking the cubs too. There was no regard for population, which I know wasn't a big priority at the time, but it declined the population so much that in the years since Columbus, they were never able to recover. Yeah. And the current monk, Hawaiian monk seal is federally protected by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and NOAA. And NOAA has really great resources. So if you want to learn more than what we discuss here today, I definitely encourage you to check out. Um, it's www.fisheries.noaa, which is N-O-A-A dot gov. And you can search Hawaiian monk seal and get all of these great resources. So... <clears throat> But for good news, there has been a steady increase, about 3% over the last few years, the population has been increasing. Now we see a lot less of them around crowded places now. So as tourism has been obviously exploding in Hawaii, they were kind of keeping their distance. Now they have a federally protected park that you cannot even go into. It's, it's completely designated for the monk seals to hang out, to populate, to do all the things. Yeah, it is part of the Hawaiian National Wildlife Refuge. And the the loss of habitat is definitely a huge factor on its decline and but slow, steady rise. This is one of those things to where it is close to home for me because I used to work, well, I do currently work for the Department of Interior under the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And when you talk about habitat and uh, conservation for wildlife in their habitat, their uh, their studies and how we can build more numbers. It is one of those things to where we as a people need to just wake up and realize that it is primarily our fault that these things are on their way out. But we have regulations, we have laws in place now, which definitely, definitely help. And there have been a lot of like promising advances in the research that can be done with them. Like now that we know that they are one of the most endangered marine mammals, there's been a lot of effort put in there. So we're seeing that there's a lot of juvenile pups not making it to adulthood. Now we can do more research. Our research is getting better and better as technology improves. So hopefully we're going to see some great things. And I'm, you know, if we're going to take something out of COVID, maybe the lack of tourism is giving them a little bit more space, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we're social distancing. The seals are social distancing. We're going to get through it all together, but we're, we're seeing some, some great, great improvements. Now I do want to point out that there's something like it, it's kind of gross that they do. And it's called a catastrophic molt. Once a year, they completely shed all of their skin, like all of their fur skin bits. They shed all of it, similar to how an elephant seal does. And so they 
grow algae on their fur. They collect all this gross stuff over time because, I mean, can you imagine being in the water all the time with fur? Like that is just asking for gross stuff. So once a year, they actually just molt it all away, come out fresh and new, living their best lives, being their best self, and they just shed away the old have the new, it's like new year, new me, right? And I've never seen a picture of that, so I don't know what to expect, what they look like. But I'm in my head, all I'm thinking about is just uh, pink skin. <laughs> I just pictured a uh, Pete Griffin coming out of the water have you, where the dolphins are jumping and he's all like fresh and clean. Oh, yeah. So just maybe Pete Griffin, just a little seal shaped, you know? So we hoped that you enjoyed this little twist of an episode. We wanted to make sure at least one of our cryptids in the 50 states was a confirmed animal and a previous cryptid. So I'm glad Hawaii got it. Yeah, and kudos to everybody who is on the side of conservation for the Hawaiian monk seal. It is truly a cute, cute animal that just deserves a chance to to live. I 100% would cuddle with one if I wouldn't get arrested. Like, can you imagine just like a little cryptid cuddle pile? Or bitten. I mean, they like people for the most part. But the the males are very aggressive. Let's not forget that. Like, the males are actually one of the leading causes of death of pups. But they will, like, beat them up. Yeah. So, maybe not the boys. I do like a, a female cryptid cuddle pile. <laughs> That's a little too weird, even for me. Okay, we're going to move on. So... We hope that you enjoyed this. We hope, like if you said, we hope you had a great holiday season and we look forward to getting back on track. We're all getting caught up from the the rush of the holiday. So this episode is going to be a little bit shorter and we're going to be back to full swing episodes starting in two weeks. Our next state is Idaho. Mm -hmm. Idaho. Idaho. (laughs) Okay, we got that joke out now, so we don't have to do it in the next episode. Do we have any potato jokes? I have plenty of potato jokes. Okay, cool. Well, I'm Irish. We'll go for it. We will see you in two weeks. Yeah, and we'll see you in two weeks. And thank you for all of our listeners on Patreon. If you are listening in our Patreon, you already did listen to one of our special episodes just for you guys. And we are very, very thankful for everybody who listens to us. So thank you. Yes, we released our 50 States Detour, which is basically everything we couldn't fit into an episode. Um, if we went into tangent or if we decided we just wanted to talk about what we had for lunch that day, tell stories, and it is an unedited episode. So if we say the word wrong and we stutter and we're laughing, uh, <laughs> it doesn't get edited out. So you get, you're going to get the raw audio. Gross. You're gross. <laughs> <laughs> so if you like our humor, but think it's a little tame, definitely check out the detour. That's our son. That's our own cryptid. Okay, well, we'll see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye. Nap time's over. Do you need more 50 States of Terror? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. You can find us on Facebook, Patreon, and Instagram at 50 States of Terror. Now that's 50 States of Terror. And on Twitter at 50 States Terror without the of. You know, because of the character limit. <laughs> we'll see you there. Yeah, you will. 50 States of Terror is a Housecraft production. This episode was researched, written, and presented by Anthony and Kaylee Diaz. <laughs>